From Manhattan Associates, welcome to the Nucleus of Innovation, your only dedicated retail and supply chain podcast where industry-leading guests from around the globe tackle some of the most important topics and breaking developments from the world of retail and supply chain. For those of you in the Northern Hemisphere, while spring is getting tantalisingly close, this time of year is still very much a cold, dark and often depressing period. So much so that since 2005, the third Monday in January has been awarded the gloomy title of Blue Monday. The epithet is apparently due to a combination of post-Christmas blues, cold, dark nights and the arrival of unpaid credit card bills, making it supposedly the most miserable day of the year. For this episode of the Nucleus of Innovation, we're going to beat those winter blues and take a look at some recent Manhattan research called the Happy Index, looking into consumer spending habits at the beginning of the year and how many Europeans are turning to retail therapy to beat the seasonal malaise. A new year means new guests. And today I'm happy to be joined by Nucleus of Innovation debutant and co-creator of the Happy Index, Martine Toussaint. And we're also pleased to welcome back Georgia Laybourne, the head of our international marketing efforts. Martine, Georgia, do you want to say hello to the listeners today and maybe introduce yourself? We'll start with you, Martine. Hi, James. Thanks for having me. I'm very pleased to be on this happy episode of our Nucleus of Innovation podcast. Yeah, well, talking about the research, um, we all love ranking and lists, don't we? For sure, in the Netherlands we do. I like to mention here that besides the busy December shopping holiday season, the last week of December in the Netherlands is all about a very popular annual top 2000 ranking on national TV and radio, where a lot of people are looking forward to. And once that's over, it's the dull, dark month of January that's waiting for them. So we were actually curious how in general the Dutch feel about this Blue Monday and how retailers could respond to this to help overcome the gloomy feeling, hence the happy index. I love it. It's a great idea, Martine. Um, very creative. And I, I think it's, it's something which we feel all across Europe, don't we? Especially Northern Europe, maybe not our Mediterranean cousins, but uh, yeah, certainly in the UK. It's, um, it's a gloomy time of year. So happy index. Georgia, in our last episode in 2021, you described yourself as a shopping ninja, inverted commas. Tell us a bit about your shopping habits at the start of the year and whether anything in particular resonated with you about the consumer research findings. I don't even know where to start with that kind of a lead in, James, but let's give it a go. So... You'd think that with the post-shopping, the, the post-Christmas shopping out of the way, that you'd be able to put shopping on the back burner for a while. But unfortunately, in the Laybourne household, with four birthdays in the month of January and February, the ninja in me has to make good. And I'm definitely a hybrid model. So I do a lot of online shopping, very convenient. But I also do a lot of social shopping from the uh, comfort of my uh, sofa in the living room. Uh, on Instagram and Facebook, but I also go out on the high street. And interestingly, from a happy index perspective, this is where I play. I like to go out on the high street because it's entertaining, because I get to do people watching, because I'm actually out in the fresh air. So for me, I was definitely, 
I think it was 18% said that they'd go out on the high street. I was definitely in that 18% category for sure. Um, it's, it's absolutely my entertainment. That's great. Thank you, Georgia. Yes, gosh, um, aren't, aren't, aren't you busy in January? So you must you must have also been very busy in, in March at, at, at some stage too. Um, when asked during the survey, how do you prefer to shop? It appears that a significant number of Europeans still preferred online shopping in January, as opposed to visiting high streets like you did, Georgia, and browsing in stores. With the British and French actually topping the lists of e-commerce users at 45 and 43% respectively. That's a 3 and a 5% increase on the European average of 40. Georgia, with e-commerce still very much front of mind for consumers in Europe, it seems, especially in the UK, what does that mean for retailers in general moving forward? Well, it's a big impact, James. Uh, you know, we're all aware that e-commerce sales have escalated in the last couple of years and recent findings have suggested that almost 50% of non-food retail is now online. And this means in the main that retailers have had to shift their fulfillment strategies quite considerably to accommodate a growing number of those individual consumer-led orders in their DCs. You know, traditionally, they were very, very focused on store replenishment and fulfilling those wholesale orders, which were kind of these large waves of fulfillment. So this new sort of single pick mentality really requires agility and adaptation in terms of process, people and technology. And retail, as ever, is expected to cater to everything, every which way and for everyone without dropping the ball and whilst doing it efficiently. They have to balance speed with cost and make a multitude of decisions about where, when, what in the blink of an eye. Now, technology plays a huge part in that pivot, and they are all realizing that very, very quickly, especially the intelligence inside these solutions, which is capable of calculating those split second decisions at volume and keep everyone apprised of what's what from the consumer to the warehouse, to the store, to the call center, to the delivery mechanism. So for me, it's all about agility and it's all about that connectedness and their ability to communicate. It's hugely, hugely important for the retail community at the moment. Mm, good points there. I suppose it also puts a massive premium on inventory accuracy and awareness too, and the changing role of stores in general. I think that's probably a, another episode in itself right there. Absolutely. The, the, meanwhile, Let's let's get back to the research. Um, meanwhile, the population of the Netherlands plans to buy more items through mobile devices and in-app purchases than any other country in Europe, with 38% of respondents polled claiming smartphones and apps are their preferred purchasing methods. That's six percentage points higher than the European average. Martine, what do you think this says about the consumer buying culture in the Netherlands? And what should retailers take away from this particular point? I think we're a tech-savvy bunch, which means for retailers, it's imperative to make the difference and make sure they get their unified commerce act together. What I mean by that is that as a consumer, you like to have that personalized, integrated approach, no matter how you shop. When you shop online, make sure the information on availability is correct, Delivery times are correct. Promotions which apply in a store are processed on the website and vice versa as well. Provide inside in sustainable delivery, even if that means longer delivery times. 
and offer multiple options like buy online, pick up in store, which of course means unlock your store inventory to avoid unnecessary DC to store deliveries, proactive messaging via email or chat on where your order is, social listening, etc. The list is long, so the pressure is on. For retail associates, it means they should have the tools to work with to guarantee satisfied customers and build on loyalty. To deploy the available technology today will help retailers to be successful. Most important, if you ask me, don't overpromise and underdeliver. Absolutely, that's the cardinal sin, isn't it? We all we all hate that when we're we're promised a delivery and we get our notifications and then it doesn't arrive. Interestingly, actually, Marty, 38%, so over a third of respondents in the Netherlands, that figure was just over 20% in the UK. So I would have to agree that the, the Dutch um, appear to be a lot more savvy, tech savvy, when it comes to purchasing uh, their, their retail products on online. So, um, Georgia, Martine, in, in your opinions, what findings and geographical nuances because there are always those, and those are some of the most important and, and most interesting areas of research, stood out um, as, as the most salient points. And, and which did you find most interesting from your local perspectives from the, the Happy Index? We'll start with you, Georgia. So it's, it's an interesting question because I was trying very hard to wear a European hat despite indications to the contrary here in the UK. Um, what struck me the most, though, James, when I looked at the research results across the entire region is the diversity of our cultures across Europe. That, that's what stood out for me more than anything else. We're all so different and each and every one of us is so demanding in our own way. Everybody knows what they want and they expect retail to deliver it no matter what. Um, it's an incredibly complex field for our retail partners and the nuances change the game constantly. You know, sometimes it's consumer pressure, um, consumer preference that puts pressure on them. Other times, Mother Nature is creating some inclement hurdle for them to clamber over. Politics is getting into the retail arena at the moment, interrupting the flow of goods. The fuel crisis is causing a cost of living crisis. Uh, you know, the pandemic goes without saying. Um, or it could just be somebody from the royal family wearing a polka dot dress and creating a stress on a particular inventory item. The research for me screams flexibility in retail supply chain. That's what is needed. Expect the unexpected and plan for that. But just know that no matter how many things are thrown in their path, the general public will still shop. They need to clothe, nourish, celebrate. And sometimes they need to shop just because. And why just because? Because like it is for me, it's therapeutic, whether online or in the store shopping makes us feel better <laughs> doesn't it just and martine what, what about what about you i absolutely underpin everything that georgia just mentioned the one thing if i just take it back to a little bit more local in in, in the region um, um, i'm working in so for me the fact that in germany and the netherlands buying clothes and footwear surpasses the happy moments of the grand fashion houses of Paris and Milan. I thought that was quite remarkable. That really stood out. And kind of surprisingly as well. That that was that was an interesting one for me actually, when I was going through the results. I was 
I was surprised that the 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 high fashionistas of of Paris and Milan were were being left behind by the Dutch. But you know the Dutch have some pretty cool brands as well, like Scotch and Soda. So um, maybe not as surprising as as we as we may originally have thought. Um, those are excellent and and really insightful notes to reach the end of today's episode. I'd like to thank our guests for today, Martine Toussaint and Georgia Label, for providing some wonderful insight to the Happy Index and inspiring you to maybe get on your phone or out to a local store for a bit of retail therapy yourself. If you'd like to take part in any future episodes, do feel free to send a direct message via Twitter with a suggested topic, or you can reach out to us directly on LinkedIn. If you enjoyed the episode and want to find out more about any of the specific data points discussed today, reach out via social media and get in touch with Martine, Georgia or myself on LinkedIn. Until next time, it's goodbye from Georgia and Martine. Bye. Bye bye. Thanks. And it's a thank you for listening from me. Stay safe, everyone, and join us again soon for the next installment of the Nucleus of Innovation.